Hello and welcome back to Remember This, a podcast that is part book club, part TV and film vault and part time capsule as we take you back to all the childhood pop culture stuff you may or may not have consumed. We're going to be going into the deep nooks and crannies of animal literature and stuff today, helping me talk incoherently. I'm not even saying words now, but helping me do that is my lovely co-host and wife, Gemma. Hello. What's your surname? Bentley Viney. I'm Matt Bentley Viney. Meg Bentley Viney is sat next to us. She is on the Ottoman, looking very forlorn about the world. A forlorn? <laughs> I've never heard you use that word before. I'm trying new words. I've got the dictionary open. Oh, it's not even a dictionary, it's a thesaurus. What's wrong with me? No, my no mind... dictionary has words in it too. I feel like I've eaten too much mashed potato. Hey. There's a little clue into what we might be talking about today and it'll also be in the title oh, i always forget that because i always like to think oh they're going to be wondering what would they talk about this week but yeah only other bit of news for you guys that you probably don't care about but we're excited uh we got tickets this morning for the 50th anniversary of glastonbury festival yay i'm so excited mr oliver gardner got our tickets Thank you, Ollie. But as he was doing it, Gemma had just got onto the portal. So there's a bit of luck around us, our I group at the moment. It's in the stars. We're meant, be, we're meant to be there. Law of attraction. Did any of you go for Glastonbury tickets? And if so, are you going? But nothing more stressful than trying to get Glastonbury. I mean, there are a lot more stressful things, actually. It's the most stressful Sunday morning of the year, every year. Yeah, it's actually. 9am, Sunday morning. It's horrible. You're like sweaty, clammy hands, repeatedly pushing the refresh button and nothing happens. It's like a blank page and just nothing happens until all of a sudden you're in the portal. You got to do the tickets. You got like two minutes to get it all done. It's horrible. I've got a tip for people. Oh, what's the tip? You got through twice in a row now. I've never got through in uh, what 10 years I've been trying to go. So I will share a Glastonbury secret. Don't refresh that often. Wait a little bit. Refresh. Do it, you know, more frequently than the 20 seconds that it automatically does it. But just, you know, look at your phone. Refresh. That's interesting because I was furiously pressing refresh and I was bounced out of the website. So I was on the holding page, which no one could get onto. And then because I kept doing it, it suddenly went to server overload. Maybe you're onto something there. Yeah, because that's what I did last time. I wasn't like furiously refreshing. Just I would be refreshing, but you know, oh, yeah, I'll refresh it now. Or, oh, I haven't, you know, freshed it for a few seconds. I'll do it now. You're so laissez-faire with it. it. It actually was stressing me out. You were just sat there like, oh, is there any news on Twitter at the moment? I'm like... Jem, can you just refresh the page? I meant about then you got in news. There. Yeah, I know, but then you got in there. See? You just got to You just sat there with your cup of coffee, stroking Meg. I'm there sweating, getting all stressed out about everything. I've got three different devices on the go next to me. Also, less devices. Unless you're using loads of different internet connections, then do it. But if you're using it all on the same internet connection, less is more. They do recommend actually one device. We had three. I had my laptop, Matt had his laptop, and then Matt had his phone, but not connected to the internet. So I'm Glastonbury, because you know, I can, uh, I can give those tips now. I'm that type of person. We're at that part of the show. <laughs> Don't, that doesn't sound like a mailbag. Don't, oh, that Meg looked That was me putting the mailbag down on the table. It's so heavy. Hang on a minute. Oh, who's that? Hang on. Oh, it's the postman. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, thanks. I've got a lot of post here for you. Oh, cool, thanks. Yeah, just give it here. Cheers, mate. Same time next week. Yeah, okay. See you later. Thanks. Did you hear that? He's a nice guy, isn't he? <laughs> I like that's in keep it. That would happen in Bodger and Badger. <laughs> yeah. But we do have a couple of emails here. 
The first is from Hannah R. And it reads... Hi, Gemma and Matt. I'm in love and over the moon about the podcast. As a 14-year-old, I'll admit I don't recognise the shows. But seeing as I'm the youngest of two older brothers who are now in their 20s, I've always had an obsession with the music, shows and games of your time. Listening this makes me feel connected to my brothers in a way I never felt I really could. And as seeing as I now live in Asia and not the UK, it's really lovely. Not only this, but just listening to the love you have for not only each other makes us listeners enjoy the podcast much more. Good luck and much love, Hannah. Also, what breed is Meg? She's adorable and it hurts I can't just give her all the love to her. Thank you so much, Hannah. I remember reading this earlier in the week and it, I absolutely loved this email. I think it's really sweet. So thank you so much for it. Um, it really made my day reading this. And it was really nice to, that it connects you know, within your family. So that, that's, a, that's a lovely kind of compliment to the podcast. But also we're doing a civil service here. So you're more than welcome. I've got a request for you, Hannah. What kids TV shows are on in Asia, wherever you are? out that way what is it what are they watching and send it in because we would love to watch it yeah definitely good idea matt and also meg is a cockney mix but that doesn't mean she goes around going oh yeah you want some pie mesh you want some jelly deals do yeah all right well done so yeah, it's cockney spelled i think it's like k-o-k-o-n-i yep it's a really popular dog breed in greece it's a domestic greek dog we're not sure what she's mixed with uh, we might get a DNA test in the future to find out. But she kind of looks like a sausage dog, but with like a face of like a... Beagle? She's got very big ears. Yeah, she has got massive ears. Cockney actually means daughter's dog. And I am a daughter. Because originally the Greeks would breed these dogs as a companion for their daughters. Fun fact of the day. And then we also have another email, which has come in from Molly. Hi, Matt and Gemma. Please watch The Queen's Nose from CBBC. Used to be me and my sister's favourite show, but no one now seems to remember it. Loving the podcast. Thanks, Molly. Thanks for writing in. It's on the list. We are going to watch it. Gemma was a big fan of it growing up. I loved The Queen's Nose. I read the book, The Queen's Nose, and I also watched, because there was two different versions of The Queen's Nose. Well, not different versions, like different series. And I watched both because I had one where it's like the original girl, and then she grows up and the coin falls in the hands of another girl. So I watched both watched both of those ones i loved the queen's nose my mum also quite liked it as well stay tuned because it will be on this podcast probably very soon so thank you so much for your emails and please do email us if you have anything you want us to watch or any feedback or just want to say hi um you can email us at remember this question mark at gmail.com and that is question mark as in the word question mark and also if you don't want us to read out your email you can just say that at the end of it as we'd still love to hear from you <laughs> that's such a good point actually we just read them all out as if yeah that's that's a good point do you say if you don't want us to read it just leave it in the email and we'll reply over email i do think that sometimes i could just like fire back an email quickly but i thought it'd be nice to do it on here but good point Gemma. and if you want to skip the next 40 seconds feel free to because i'm about to do some begging so three two one let's go Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It actually really helps us out if you can go on to Apple Podcasts and rate the podcast or comment on it. Because basically any sort of engagement on there pushes it out to more people in the algorithm each week it goes out. So we'd really appreciate that. And just basically thank you for emailing in and writing in and just engaging with the podcast. Really appreciate it. And we will now, without further ado, get on with the show. So Matt, would you like to introduce the show we watched first? Everybody knows that you love mashed potatoes. 
Bodger and Badger was a BBC children's comedy programme written by Andy Cunningham. First broadcast in 1989. It starred Cunningham as handyman Simon Bodger and his talking badger companion. It was spawned from a pair of 1988 appearances for Double Act made in the Saturday morning BBC One children's programme, On the Waterfront. It ran for nine series and 124 episodes. And there have been four different locations. And Gemma, I'd like to see if you know what they are. I definitely won't. Also, I just looked up the creator and he is most known for Bodger and Badger still, which is cute. And he also was on the Sooty show. What was that? City. <laughs> Gemma has this really cute thing where she's got like a hybrid of accents from like Newcastle and kind of Bournemouth-y, London-y. Some words, you say them different every single time you say them. <laughs> and it's amazing. What, Sooty? So, well, you just did it, you've done it three times here. <laughs> So she said sooty, sooty, or what was the other one you said the other day? It's like sooty. <laughs> I know, I've been really joined like sooty. It was a sooty show. <laughs> sooty and sweep. So you got that episode to look forward to whenever we talk about city and sweep. I said it different again, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Where I just say it differently each time. You never know. You never know what way I'm going to say it. Yeah, but I love that. So because it ran for nine series, they kept refreshing the premise, like the concept of the show almost. Obviously, always it's Bodger and Badger, but they'd be in different areas. And some of them, I've we watched. Guess. Yeah, you've got to guess, got a guess okay. what the areas were. So there's four different ones and it's like four different jobs almost. Okay, don't give me any more clues. I think I've definitely got one. Think Mighty Which Boosh. if they haven't... Oh, well, I was going to say, if they haven't done this, then they've missed a trick. Okay. Pie mash shop. An East End pie oh, mash shop. Oh, that's actually such a good idea. Surely. No. Because he's a cockney? Badger definitely yeah. is, isn't he? I always remember them being behind a counter. And I swear he used to wear a chef's hat. That, that is, you're close. So I assumed then it would be a pie mash shop. It was a restaurant. Did they serve pie mash? No. I mean, come on, guys. So restaurant was the first series. Oh, wow. So I definitely watched first. Yeah, and that then. was 1989. Was... You must have been watching some reruns. Yeah, it must have been. Maybe I'm just lying about my age. Maybe I'm secretly older than I am. My mum just... Well, and you were held back five years. <laughs> <laughs> a shop? A zoo? If you said think Mighty Boosh? Yeah, Mighty Boosh maybe was a bit of a red herring, actually. Oh, is it not Mighty Boosh all? Well, what was the one we watched? Well, that one, it was he, he just lived in a flat and it was all about him and his um, letting agent. That's basically I like that, that premise. I really enjoyed that, actually. A hotel. Series two and three was in a school. And then series four, Chessington World of Adventures. That is a zoo. It's a theme park. Oh. We were kind of close, though. It's like similar... oh, I guess they obviously had like a Bodger and Badger section, didn't they? At Chessington World of Adventures. They tied it all in. Okay. And then, yeah, the ones we watched in the flat... And then the final series was in Puddleford. Must be a nice little town that you decided you needed to get away from the big city. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, Andy was in all of those. He voiced the badger. Really? Yeah, and was the like the puppeteer on the badger. Oh, you know what? When I was growing up, I'll be honest, hated it. Did you? Hated Bodger and Badger so much. I used to want to turn it off as soon as it came on. I'd be so annoyed. Surely not as much as Basil Brush. I thought he's more like obnoxious. Like, ha, 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 boom, boom. 
yeah, I didn't like Basil Brush and I really didn't like uh, Woody the Woodpecker either. But I was a bit older when they were on. Woody the Woodpecker, is that when you go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't like those, but I was a little bit older. So there was a bit more choice. So if Basil Brush was on, I would just put on something else. Whereas with Bodger and Badger days, kind of children's channels were still quite limited. You kind of only really had the four TV channels to choose from. So when I was watching CBBC and it would be Bodger and Badger, I would be a bit like, oh, really? This? And I just found it very annoying. And so oh, I just it made me feel, I just didn't like um, like mashed potato and throwing things. <laughs> I just didn't like it. The theme tune is fun. Like, it's a good theme tune. I do remember Bodger and Badger. Simple. Why overcomplicate things? I love our directors. I definitely did watch Bodger and Badger. I definitely did watch Bodger and Badger growing up. I've got a lot of memories of the mashed potato. I didn't remember Badger's voice being that deep. Hello. Yeah, I didn't remember his voice. I remember Hitler's list. So I'm struggling to talk. I thought you said Schindler's list. But <laughs> like, what? That, that's a segue. I remember his little friend, the little mouse. I remember her. Oh, yeah, Mousy. Mm-hmm. She was very sweet. Their dynamic was really nice, and I really enjoyed their friendship and thought it was very sweet. Bodger was a bit annoying. The guy, the actual guy, was a bit like... No, he reminded he, me of Rory Stewart for some reason. He wasn't in it too much, but I quite liked. He wasn't like... Sometimes um, they can be a bit overbearing. Mm. Whereas I think... I thought he was all right. I think he wasn't too annoying. I love that he's the creator and writer of the show and the performer. You know, that, that's that's really cool. That seems to be really common in kids' TV shows. It's definitely a theme we've noticed that if you kind of, you create the kids' TV show, you act in it, you write it, you sing the theme tune, you write the theme tune, you do it all. But I guess it's so unique to him, that style of comedy, you couldn't really give it to anybody else, could you? When it's like performing with a puppet. Yeah. So now I really enjoyed it back then and this episode I, I quite enjoyed as well to be honest we picked so it was series six when they're in the flat because the years kind of matched up the most it was 1996 so we would have been like five and I think this is the one I did recognize but if you watched it guys what do you remember was it the Chesington one was it the restaurant I think everyone just remembers mashed potato I think everybody I saw all that is so synonymous with him and re-watching it you aren't disappointed in the sense that it was oh wow he literally does just shout he'll be having a conversation with another character and he'll just respond to mashed potato and it's completely irrelevant it's genius I think it's absolutely genius because it's one of those bonkers like mighty boosh-esque things where you just instantly remember it's so iconic where it's so weird and random that of course you're going to remember it. I think that is definitely something that is actually really important in kids' TV shows because that's kind of how we've picked a lot of the TV shows that we've wanted to watch is where they've got a very odd little twist to it. It's well, like with Poddington Peas. Bodger and Badger, you know, you kind of say it with a mashed potato and even if you're just trying to remember and you're having a conversation with a friend, you're like, oh, what is that TV show? It's Badger, loves mashed potato. There's only one TV show it could be. Yeah, that's true. So I think they've done really well with that. And even though I did really not like it as a child also they're not cute the badger's not cute he, he he's looks old oh, and tatty no he is quite no cute. he's not cute we're not he's having got a that beret. he's got a little red beret i'm not having that he's not cute he looks really tatty his eyes are really scary they're far too big for his face no i didn't think the mouse was cute but badger was quite sweet no the mouse is a bit cuter but i guess badgers and mice aren't notoriously the cutest of animals they are technically rodents i guess but i really didn't remember the villains in this series so the two villains are basically the, the letting agent and her kind of sidekick. Hmm. He's a bit like a henchman where he's a bit dumb and he's sent over as like... To collect the, the, the rent muscle. money. Yeah, exactly. To collect the rent money. And he's always... He sees the badger a lot 
and the lettings agent thinks that he's basically mm. insane. Well, do you want to tell us what happened in this specific episode? Yes. So we start off where Badger decides he wants to have breakfast in bed. So he's making mashed potato and he's eating it. And his bed is a drawer. His bed is a little... Oh, yeah. That's so, so cute. cute. That is cute. His bed is a um, is a sock drawer, I think, actually. Yep. And uh, he's eating it and he's like, oh, yes, mashed potato. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's this horrible mess doing inside my sock? Oh, wait. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. <sighs> breakfast in bed. That's it. See, the trouble is, Badger, when you get breakfast in bed, I get mashed potato in my socks and... In my pants! <laughs> it's not funny! Sorry. And he decides, right, you need to get a proper badger bed. And the badger's up, yep, okay, I'm on it. So the badger goes outside with the mouse and starts collecting mud. Because we find out that apparently badgers need lots of mud for their beds. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, Bodger has gone to the shop to buy him a bed. I actually laughed at this out loud and I thought, what am I doing? But they start flinging the mud into the kitchen onto the work surface and that's going to be his new bed. Mousy and Badger are doing that. Bodger has got the letting agent coming around to collect the money and she comes over and she's pleasantly surprised because it is an absolute tip, she says, but it's a lot cleaner than it usually is. Bodger says, well, do you think this is clean? You should see how clean the kitchen is. It's it's immaculate in there. She's like, oh, yes, all brilliant. So she goes in there and then sees all the mud everywhere and basically thinks he's an invalid of some sort. Yeah, it's, like it's disgusting. But luckily, Badger and Mousy heard her coming, so hid. So she didn't see them. Oh, because Mousy's also got a little, like, little well, hole, a little mouse a little hole. Mouse, yeah. I love those mouse holes. It reminds me of Tom and Jerry when they got a little, like... Yeah. I wish their actual holes in real life were like that, because we've had mice before, and they didn't have a little mouse hole. No, they didn't. They just get through any tiny little nook anywhere it's never just a nice neat little oval mouse hole well they're in at warren street station there is like a paving slab on the platform and it's almost like um like a little keyhole on the floor the mice get in through there oh god teeny tiny i hate seeing mice squeeze themselves into it's just horrible yeah they're a bit gross aren't they yeah Bodger is furious with Badger. Yeah, he's, he's made an absolute mess. And he's like, no, that's not his bed. And he has actually bought Badger a bed, which turns out to be a children's cot. No, it's a cat bed. No, it's a cot. Are you sure? Because it yeah, said cat, cat on the side of it. No, it says coo- no, it doesn't say cat. I knew you'd think that. No, it says <laughs> cuckoo cot. Oh, I thought it said cat. Because Badger is really annoyed and patronised because he doesn't want to sleep in the baby's bed. But he pretends to be grateful. He's like, oh, yeah, lovely. So he gets all tucked up into his bed. Oh, yeah. And then he pretends to... I didn't really understand this bit that much. Well, no. So then I'll help you out. Mousy comes and gets them. They want to go off and like cause me mischief, basically. We, just, just a word of warning. When we do Animals of Farthing Wood, we absolutely cannot do the plot synopsis because so much happens. It's like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to get your plot synopsis feel here and then later we'll just surmise it because it's ridiculous but anyway back to bodger and badger where everything's nice and fluffy and mashed potato-y so um she's like oh let's go oh no so mousy comes in to wake up badger to go on an adventure and she sees this like stripy top and this like it looks just like badger and she's trying to wake him up and then Badger wakes up in his cot and looks over. He's like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm just trying to wake up Badger. And he's like, well, I'm over here. She's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. Oh, he's yeah, like, that oh, went no. on for far too long. Oh, I like the little joke. It was joke. cute, but and it went it set for too it long. Up. It set it up. There was a purpose to each joke 
made yep. there was a purpose it's true and she was like oh i thought this was you and he was like oh no that's mr bodger's washing she's like oh silly me and she's like oh do you want to go out and he's like oh no i said i you know i've got my new bed so i need to sleep in it and you know mr bodger's still asleep in his bed she's like oh no let's just put all of this here so it looks like you so they set it all up so it looks just like badger and then badger and mousy go off do some adventures yeah meanwhile the henchman comes back and thinks that he can see the badger because he sees it before this is like an ongoing thing in the series is it's kind of i don't know if you should really call him the henchman basically the debt collector but not debt rent collector he is he's a henchman for her he's just like uh that he's like that james bond villain's henchman type character because when he goes to see the landlady she tells him the story about the mud he's like you know it could be i'm not gonna say it because you always have a go at me when i say it and it's you know you think i'm imagining things and she's like oh if it is that badger you know maybe that would make sense go and have a look so he does look through the window and her motivation is that she wants to get rid of bodger and is against the rental agreement to own a badger Mm -hmm. Because this is a kids' TV show and we care about rental agreements and the lease and things like Mm -hmm. that. All those adult things that we all love to see in kids' TV shows. So then he goes to the window and he sees what he thinks is Badger sleeping in the cot. So he rings her up and says, Badger's here. It's here. I can see it. It's in the cot. It's in the living room. If you come now, you will see it. So she rushes over and she's always dressed as if she's going to like a wedding. She's always wearing like a hat. But he was using a walkie-talkie as well. It was just a mobile phone, but when they used to have to get those long things at the top of it. Like the aerial. (laughs) Long things. Yeah, that. That's the technical term. (laughs) We were saying that if this was now, all you'd have to do is FaceTime her and say, look, there it is. Or take a photo. Or take a photo, yeah. Badger would have been caught ages ago. So then she comes over and pretends that she's calling from like the gas company. And then he realises who it is when he opens the door and she rushes in. And then is obviously really annoyed when she just sees, well, no, this is a stripy jumper. (laughs) And a red beret. I love the red berry. That's so cute. He has got a funny little outfit. So the landlady is furious, embarrassed, and says to the henchman type guy, you're going to take me and we're going to have the most expensive cheesecake you can afford. And I was like, that's a very specific way of getting their own back, isn't it? Cheesecake. True cheesecake. <laughs> and it's very cute, though. How expensive can cheesecake be? It's not that much. All the while, I don't understand how this has happened. But Badger and Mousy are like racing. Is it in the cot? They've turned the cot into into a a rally car. car. Yeah. How? I don't remember how that happened. I don't know. And I watched it about 20 minutes ago. (laughs) It is one of those moments where you blink and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? We have missed out though that Badger does do something quite funny while the landlady's all embarrassed in the house. He keeps laughing at her and she turns around and can't see him. I love his laugh so much. His ooh, voice. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I will say actually, in kids TV shows, the voices, as we know from like Pingu and Mr. Blobby in the past ones, incredibly annoying. They just sort of think, yeah, you know what? Children like annoying noises. Well, I thought the mousy voice was annoying. It wasn't annoying at all compared to how annoying kids TV show characters normally are with their voices. True. But um, the Badger's voice, I thought was very funny and not annoying at all yeah i liked it 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 was something you don't normally see with kids normally it's all high-pitched whereas here was so low it was almost a bit like rastafarian like he had a really cool vibe to him didn't he yeah he did actually i love badgers we tried to see one the other night didn't we there was a hole in a tree you know there's probably a badger in there (laughs) (laughs) we were so cool oh we we wanted to look at one the other day that was last night saturday night (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> at 11 o'clock, there was a tree. And I said, look, there's a hole in there. We're cool. It ends with them racing along and then they end up at the tea room where uh, the landlord and her henchmen are having their cheesecake. And then they push the henchman's face into her cheesecake. While she's not looking. Yeah, while she's not looking. And then she turns around and she's like, oh no, it wasn't me, it's that badger. And then she's like, oh, silly. <laughs> and then it ends. <laughs> We never got to see what cheesecake it was. I didn't get closure on that. I wanted to know what type of cheesecake it is. That's so expensive. Because she classic. said, how expensive was it? And he went, very, very, <laughs> very expensive. Which makes me think maybe it was cheap. Because you know when you do that as like an oh, ironic thing, oh, it was expensive when it's like a 30p reduced steak pastry thing. But I will say, I probably enjoyed watching Bodger and Badger more now than I did when I was little. I really loved it. I can't have just got to hold my hands up. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good fun. Badger as a character is brilliant. I love the idea of a guy living with a pet badger. It is funny. I do really like the concept in the sense that, because even when the series we watched where it's all about him in his flat, his flat looks like a normal flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think with a lot of kids' TV shows, like we did recently watch a clip of The Queen's Nose because I wanted to show Matt it. And it's, you don't, I don't think I realised growing up how incredibly posh the house was. It's ridiculous. Um, And it looked like it was like a made of hell area as well. But if you think about it, a lot of kids' TV and films are very posh, like Mary Poppins very posh yeah and it's all very kind of posh and idyllic 101 Dalmatians oh very very posh, very posh. this is what I mean there, there is actually I don't know if it's an aspirational thing posh yeah so it was actually quite refreshing I thought to see oh that flat looks like normal. it was just normal it was like yeah exactly it was like a normal guy and also the concept of renting our generation is often called generation rent 20 years ago I don't know how the percentage was from renters to homeowners but it was actually really nice to see you know it's a single guy well, from reading the description, I think he was the janitor as well. So well, he is school. just like a normal... He's yeah, just a normal, normal guy. Job. He's renting, lives on his own. He's got a pet badger. <laughs> He's got a pet badger and mouse. <laughs> and a mouse. <laughs> I really like that. And I really like the whole dynamic of him versus the landlady and that kind of concept. I really enjoyed it. It was funny at one point, actually, when she's just counting her money. So the henchman brings in some more rent money. And she's like, oh, yes, lots of money. And then also she puts it all in her safe, but she's also got her lunch in the safe as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, is that a sandwich? And that's funny as well, because it wasn't like it made a really big thing out of it. That wasn't what the episode was about also, at all. Also, it was a landlady. Yeah. Not a landlord. You know, it was the guy having to give money and being intimidated and nervous by his female landlord, which again... I really enjoyed watching that as well. I think, and otherwise it's a good job really because otherwise the only female character would have been a mouse, which would have been weird. <laughs> that would have said a lot, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would. So I also enjoyed that and think they did that really well. And also kind of the regional accents as well. Like the Badger's a Cockney is really quite cool. I'm all aboard for Bodger and Badger. They should revive it. I uh, think why it would didn't do well they do now. an East End pie mash shop? I don't know. I don't know that, why they did it. a lot of sense. It does. Maybe they would if they revi- if they revived it now. Maybe they would do no, that. Because the pie, the famous pie mash shop in the East End's closed down. It was that like one of the main ones by the docks? Yeah. I've still never had proper pie mash from one of those places. No, we'll go. Yeah, we need and like jelly deals and things like that. Yeah, it was. It was. And um, who's that? I think it was it. David it, Beckham loves that sort of no, stuff. No, but who's he? the chef with the glasses? Heston. No, he's bald. There's a master chef. Greg Wallace. Greg Wallace. He um speaks about it in his Evening Standards My London column. Oh really? Yeah, he um, spoke about it, and it was um, his was one of my favourite actually. My London articles was his, so I'd recommend checking that out. So, what would you give uh, Bodger and Badger? Let's let's give it a rating out of five. Solid four. You? 
I would have given it a one growing up. I mean, I would have given it a zero if I could. I hated it. Now, honestly, based on that one episode, yeah, like 3.54, I enjoyed it more than I, than Pingu, Mr. Blobby. It's one of the better ones we've watched so far, actually. I think I would have given it a two growing up because the same, I watched it, but I wasn't like, yeah, Bodger and Badger. All I remember, though, is them just throwing the mashed potato at each other, and that just made me feel a bit sick. But I don't really remember... I only remember the character. I don't remember any of the dynamic or how it worked. Whereas now, having watched it, I'd probably give it a four, yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good episode. Didn't feel too long. I didn't like the theme tune, actually. I don't know if I said I liked it earlier, but thinking about it now, it is annoying. Like, it's a bit of a football chant. There's like, la, 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 la. It kind of goes with it. It goes with it though, doesn't it? If it's like like a football chant, I feel like it kind of goes. Or you think with their personality. Yeah, with the kind of style of the show. Yeah, they're not lads though. They're not like, oh, hey, come on, boys. Badger's a lad. Is he? He's like, oh, yeah, come on now. He's not like a lad and he's not like (laughs) his. He likes mashed potato. He's like, oh, yes, I just want some mashed potato in bed. Oh, yes, lovely. Oh, yeah. He's like that. He's not like a lad in like a seedy way. But he's like a lad and he's like a proper, he's like a bloke. Badger yeah, is a bloke, is, he, isn't he? he? Is like a, yeah, he he's is a like proper a bloke. bloke. Is that you, Mercy? Guess what? I'm making myself a bed. Won't Simon mind? That's the funny thing, Mercy. It was Simon's idea. He said, why not have a proper badger bed in the kitchen? Right, from one badger to another, Gemma, would you like to introduce the animals of Farthing Wood? So The Animals of Farthing Wood is a British-French animated series commissioned by the European Broadcasting Union between 1992 and 1995 and is based on the series of books written by English author Colin Dan. It was produced by Telimagination, based in London, and Le Fabrique, but also aired in other European countries. The first countries to air the series were Norway, Germany, the Netherlands, Belgium, Ireland, Italy and the United Kingdom in January 1993. It ran for three series with 39 episodes, and the original release date was the 6th of January 1993. The television series followed the basic plot of the series of books, although certain elements were changed. It followed the animals of Farthing Wood, who were forced to flee their homes after humans started destroying the wood to build suburban tract houses. Led by Fox and guided by Toad, the animals left Farthing Wood on a journey to White Deer Park, a nature reserve where they would be protected. I don't know where to start with this. I had no idea what it was. I never watched uh, anything like that at all. You had always always mentioned it to me saying it was quite serious. And that is probably the understatement of the century. (laughs) So I used to really enjoy Animals of Farthing Wood. There was also one that I'm sure was quite similar where it was like Noah's Island, where it was almost like it was the same kind of cartoon style and it was about a polar bear on the iceberg and worried about all of that as well. And I I think I've watched Noah's Island a bit more than I did Farthing Wood, but I always enjoyed Animals of Farthing Wood. Found it really relaxing. Relaxing? (laughs) No, but like the the music, the style of the show is quite relaxing, but the storyline... It's very much, I think it came out around a similar time to Watership Down, where it was a lot more, a bit more realistic about animals. I mean, we also had Bambi, Fox and the Hound growing up. It was very much in keeping with the popularity of those movies, where it's sad and it's dark. You get invested into the characters. Yeah, because usually you would associate things with animals in on TV made for children are fluffy happy and just oh what adventures are they gonna get up to you know like beatrix potter-esque i guess whereas this 
was like Shakespearean battles and war and plotting and temptations and murder. Lots and lots of murder. Even in this one episode, lots of murder. So Animals of Fire Than Wood has been a bit more in the papers and on Twitter in the past few years because of their death count. As there's a lot of character deaths, a lot of major character deaths as well as and hundreds, I imagine, of minor ones. I feel like we just watched one episode and there was probably about 10 deaths in this one episode. And they're really serious deaths in the sense that there's an episode where some hedgehogs die when they're paralyzed with fear when crossing a motorway an animal dies when they drink water that has been contaminated with toxic waste there's other ones that are like shot by farmers well even in this episode so five pheasants die the fox kills five pheasants yeah and i knew straight away something odd was going on because you're introduced to this like baby fox and he comes across a bird a pigeon that's died and i'm like number one why is there a dead pigeon in this children's tv show and then the baby fox and like a blackbird was yeah, it a crow? a crow yeah they're talking about who's going to eat it and i'm like oh my god what am i watching it goes straight into it to be fair it well, does yeah. yeah and then i went on to see this baby fox kill five pheasants get shot Get shot by a farmer. A badger get his paw caught in a fox trap. Yeah, and, and she was just crying. We saw a bunny die. A bunny get eaten by another fox. And an adder bite another fox and die. No, but you saying about a bunny dies, that makes it sound, you know, like the pheasants, like they're just non-characters. This bunny was a husband to... No, it was a wife. His wife died because he was like, that's my wife. And then oh, he's holding yeah, the little right. bunnies under his arms. Yeah, so it was a, a rabbit. It was a wife that died. And then you see the husband holding the two bunnies saying, like, that's my wife. I'm taking my family home. This isn't kids entertainment. This is not kids TV. Should they not save their innocence for a bit longer from finding out that everything dies and families are torn apart by death and how sad it all is? I think it is quite funny because the um, theme song is so sweet and lovely and it kind yeah. of goes on in the background throughout the whole episode. It's kind of there twinkling away in the background and it is like a really, I think it's quite a recognisable theme song as well. Even though there's no lyrics, it is also a lot classier than other theme songs as well. So I think you can instantly tell like, oh, this one's a bit more. Yeah, definitely. And even the uh, animation style, it's like water colors it's lovely yeah it's beautiful i guess that's in keeping with the book i don't remember it being as political i feel like it's so relevant today even and i can definitely see when we were reading a bit more about it how it was also shown in like belgium and france and i guess it is very interesting especially for the european unions to be reading about it because it is all about you know they're on the other side of the water this you know farmlands on the other side of the lake so there are enemies and oh we've all got to protect each other or oh no we're partnered with this one we need to they're technically immigrants they had to flee their homeland because it was infested by humans and they were chopping down their home you know the animals homes for their own homes so they had to flee to find another safer place to live but had to go through other awful places to get there it's very are we having fun kids yeah (laughs) yeah even today, very, very relevant. Do you want some Brexit with your cereal? <laughs> and it's also, like you sort of said, the language is quite Shakespearean and it seems really wise because even in that first bit where you're talking about when it was a, the fox was going to go eat this um, dead pigeon and then the blackbird or crow, we're not entirely sure what bird it was, was sort of saying you should be leaving that for the animals that are less strong because they would be so happy to see 
a free meal there but you, you know a young fox is going to take that away from them so i thought that was you know i was like oh wow that's very cheap this is what i mean we can't really surmise the episode in terms of the plot because because it's based on the books there's so much going into it and there's so much backstory ended on a cliffhanger it's almost impossible for us to convey everything that happens i can give it a quick go give it a good go by all means Jen. but i there's so much that happens so there was two storylines going on at the same time so there's one fox that had obviously left fatheringwood or got lost from Fathingwood. We're not sure. So he's on his own. But he's thinking, this is great. There's so many pheasants. He's eating all of these pheasants. And then he keeps getting warned by a few of the animals being like, oh, you're being a bit brave being out here at daylight. Are you sure? But he's like, oh no, like I'm fine. All the yum pheasants. Meets a nice badger and gives her a pheasant, which is nice. Because he says, oh, I don't want to hurt you here. Have a pheasant to show that I'm nice. I loved her badger hole. I love a badger hole. I love badgers, actually. I think badgers are really cute. Badgers are going to be quite vicious, but they... Apparently they're massive in real life. They're never portrayed like that. And, you know, we've watched two badger shows and they were never vicious. And then she says, are you you sure you know what you're doing? He's like, yeah, yeah. So she takes him down to where the pheasants are. And then he sees the house, this cottage, and all lined up on the fence as dead foxes. Yeah, like that was gruesome. Loads of them. It's very Game of Thrones, actually. So he like freaks out a bit and he's like, no, no, I'll, I'll just be careful. She gets caught in a trap and he's gnawing away while she like screams in agony, try and like unleash the um, traps and then it hits his face. So it scratches his eye and then a farmer sees him and shoots and he gets the fox. But the, the fox is okay, kind of limps on, limps away. And then also going on, there's all the animals of Farthingwood find out that this well if we don't find out we see that the gray fox which is the bad foxes has eaten mummy bunny rabbit so they're like right we must get revenge and we must hurt one of theirs but it can't be one of us to do it we need to be a bit more sly so the weasels they get instructed to go find adder who is a snake to go and bite one of the other foxes but then it turns out she's bitten the wrong fox and it's actually one of the... We're, we're not sure, actually. They, they think it's been bitten the wrong fox. We don't actually find out. But then they sort of think, now they've done that, they've almost created a war, well, they're now going to seek revenge back on them for getting revenge from them. And that's kind of where it ends. What a mess. How are they ever going to sort that one out? I kind of want to watch it and find out, you know? I thought it was really good. Yeah, it was. It was really good. It's based on the book, so of course it's going to be good. It's really well told, isn't it? It's just a great story. Mm. I don't see how it's aimed at children. But at the same time, I guess it's quite good to challenge them intellectually. So I feel like, and it does, it it is very much kind of of that style of animal farm where it is. I think it is quite good because they're kind of teaching children about a lot of things with the world, but through, oh no, but it's their foxes and badgers and weasels and all. Oh, the weasels are so annoying. Yeah, the weasels are not liked. I think the weasels are So the female weasel was like a... Oh, I don't know. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. No, I don't know. And then her partner, we think it is. Yeah, yeah. Guy Weasel was like, hmm, yes. And I was like, what? Yeah, I was better at some Tobodron Badger. Better than I remembered. I always knew it was good and it was dark and it was sad. I'm amazed at how relevant it is today. And also the whole idea of fox hunting. I think it is good to kind of show this to children at a young age, being like, fox hunting's bad be nice to animals i think it is good to kind of portray that to children at a young age i feel like the shakespearean kind of language sometimes or way of speaking was a bit weird yeah the owl was very Mm. wise i loved it i'm not gonna lie it was brilliant 
I do also want us to watch the Noah Island one as well in the future because I think that might be very interesting with climate change about how the ice caps are melting, the hurt we're hurting the penguins and the polar bears of the world because obviously this was all based on how we're hurting the um, the forest lands and then obviously now it's all how we're hurting ice. So ice. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you mean. <laughs> so I think it's great. I think it's relevant today. If I had children, I'd want them to watch it. Well, sometimes the only way people will really listen to things is if it's done through the scope of yeah animals and things like that to really hammer home mm. a point. I think I read a study the other day where people over the age of, I think it was 40, won't listen to any of their peers. They will only listen to their children. So if you try... Really? Yeah, as in like kids. Yeah, so not even like teenagers, but... 10 year olds 12 year olds that type of thing they're more likely to listen to them if it's over say climate change or things like that than they are anyone else that's good though i think that is good i think children are a lot more in tuned now and i think that is actually because of social media social media do a lot of bad things but also it makes you a lot more aware it's an easier way to consume news and media i didn't like watching the news i didn't watch the 10 o'clock news when i was 11 that's why it's so important the the greta funbugs of the world exist mm. because if you can make the youth care about things not only is it fantastic for future generations but you've got a chance of convincing older generations mm. who have obviously they're skeptical of things they're skeptical of climate change or skeptical of x y and z and need a fresh pair of eyes on it well, definitely. And also, I think that stat is actually, I think, very encouraging and very nice because it affects them. If climate change carries on the way it is and Brexit and everything like that, it could be very much, it's going to affect the youth more. Because if you're 40, you'd have had the chance to live abroad and you would have thought, well, if I haven't done it now when I'm 40 and now I'm settled with a family, I'm not going to do it in the next 10, 20 years, am I? But actually, a 15-year-old might be thinking, well... I might have loved to live lived abroad and now I might not be, it won't be as easy to and things affecting them more. So I think it's, I think that stat's very promising. Are we having fun, kids? <laughs> remember this podcast where we remember cute little shows and funny little things. This is what Animals of Fatherhood does to you though, isn't it? You're like, oh, fox hunting's bad. Yeah, it's why it's amazing, but also it's not something you could binge watch. It's not something I would watch hungover. I think that's why we always kind of... <laughs> convey it isn't it would you watch this hungover it's like absolutely i don't not. think i'd watch bodger and badger hungover though either i think that'd be a bit too much for me I, it made me want mashed potato like loaded mashed potato sweet potato sweet mashed potato with gravy sweet i want carrots and sweet potato mashed together with gravy see that's what we talk about when we mention bodger and badger just i want some sweet and mashed potato <laughs> and carrots and gravy whereas when you talk about farthing wood it's immigration brexit freedom of movement but it is crazy that obviously this was written well the books must have been well like the 60s or something publication date of the animals of farthing book was the 12th of november 1979 oh okay a bit later than i thought them it is very interesting obviously that would have been very much when i think it kind of was originally meant to encourage kind of going vegetarian banning fox hunting and um that kind of cruelty to animals deforestation whereas now we were looking at it it's still relevant today and speaks but to different themes and the whole kind of climate change, still cruelty to animals is still sadly um, very relevant. Luckily, maybe not as relevant, made a lot of progression with that, but still, it is still an issue. Oh, that's amazing that. It stood the test of time. It has. Not many things do. And I thought actually, in a way, Bodger and Badger was also a bit timeless. 
in the sense that apart from the mobile phone bit, it could have been made today. Mobile phones have ruined so many things. They watch them now, so I think, well, if they just had a mobile phone. But now whenever you watch a horror film, there has to be a thing going, Where's I've got mobile? no service. Have you got, have you got, oh, I can't get any connection. Can you? What was your favourite character growing up in this? Because I was thinking, as I was watching the, like, herd of them go along, I was like, oh, bloody hell, which one did Gemma fancy then when she was young? I don't think I fancied any of them. You didn't fancy the fox or no, the blue the, fox? He the, looked quite dashing. <laughs> the foxes do look cool, though. I thought the foxes were cool. I read a really interesting article, though, which I thought was quite funny, about animals of Arthur Wood, where they were saying, oh, this is no Robin Hood. This is so much darker. Robin Hood, you know, seemed... And they said they called Robin Hood gender fluid. What? Yeah, it was like, oh, you know, Robin Hood was all like, oh, and he had his cool hat on, and he was a bit, he was a bit suave, and he was gender fluid. And I was like, was he? I quite like that. I think they've attached their own things onto Robin Hood. <laughs> but I was like, the foxes are cool. That fox was really pretty, the girl fox. See, I knew there would be something. Here. No, but they drew her. That I think it's obviously very talented by the cartoonist because it is a slightly different illustration style to the original animals of Farthingwood books. Because obviously there's about 10, maybe more foxes. Oh, there's definitely more than actually. There's probably about 15 foxes. But obviously you've got to draw them all slightly different. They've all got to look like a fox. Yeah, different. differentiate them. So the way they do their eyes is a bit different. I thought, oh, that's quite a skill. Well done. What would you have given it back then out of five? And what do you give it now out of five? Like I said, I didn't watch as much as I watched Noah's Island. Because I think Noah's Island came after. But I also okay. did really like Animals of Fathomwood. Love the intro. I think it's really sweet. And when they all like climb up and then they all look out it's it's very pretty you were such a high-browed kid i'm just there like mashed potatoes <laughs> oh mom can i have some mashed for tea <laughs> oh is that what you were like as a child <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what you're like now so and, and then you're there just like oh yes i think it's terrible what the blue foxes are currently do how will we ever break this stalemate this is awful oh no i don't i don't remember it being as dark so obviously this was your first introduction to the animals of fathingwood what did you think I would give it a three out of five. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Because I thought the animation style was beautiful. Mm-hmm. The story, if not hard to keep up, but I liked how it challenged you to keep up. And I mean, murder. Murder in kids' TV shows. I'm all for it. I think it respects the audience. And that's something I always appreciate. Even when I was a teenager watching teen films and I didn't like being patronised in films. I hate it when you're watching a show or a movie or a TV show. And then there always be one kind of slightly stupid character that has to ask a question. So then it explains the plot point for those who haven't been able to keep up. So yeah, I don't like that in um, TV and films. So I like that they respected the audience, even though they were children. I do feel like it did jump around a bit, but I, I like it. Huh? So they're animals and they, they live in a wood? right yes but thank you so much for listening to this episode of remember this please let us know if you remember these tv shows or if you want us to talk about any shows or movies that you watched when you were growing up please do let us know like we said at the beginning of the podcast you can email us at remember this question mark at gmail.com as we love to hear from you and your feedback it always makes our days when we get an email rate subscribe tell a friend yay tell five friends if you got them if you got them I'm sure you do. Sorry. Um, I'm patronising you now. Sorry. That's not very nice. So yeah, thank you so much for listening and we hope you have a lovely week. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye. Mashed potato.